0: The buck stops here. Who's heard that phrase? So I'm one of those people that when I hear these kinds of weird phrases, I like to know where they came from. So I checked it out of where this came from. And it actually came from a sign. Anybody know this? That was on President Harry Truman's desk. And I have a picture here of that. There he is with the sign, the buck stops Here. But then I realized that this phrase actually came from another phrase, which is "pass the buck." So Truman's saying the buck stops here. It's coming from "pass the buck," and so I looked into that. In frontier days, they would use a knife with a buckhorn handle to mark whose deal it was. Kind of fitting, right? Since we're playing euchre today. So I got a bunch of buckhorn knives that we're going to pass around. (laughs) And if somebody didn't want to deal, they would pass the buck to the next person. So when Truman had this sign made, he was saying the buck stops here because all the responsibility was stopping at this desk there in the Oval Office. And so that's where it came from. And when I read the passage that I'm going to read here in just a second today, that that phrase, the buck stops here, came to mind. So let's listen to this uh, passage here in Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 21. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching. And crying out with a loud voice came out of Jesus, not Jesus, out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee." And so this is the passage that we're going to take a look at here this morning. And this is the passage that when I was trying to think of what to say today, that phrase came in my mind, the buck stops here. And so there's four points about Jesus here I wanted to share with you this morning from this passage. Point number one, Jesus is a man of action. So remember, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He's just been baptized, he went out into the desert, he was tempted by Satan in the desert, and now he's teaching and preaching the good news. And Mark, the one word I want to focus in on, he uses the word immediately. Did you notice that? Mark, in his gospel, uses that word immediately 41 times. And it's, all, it's the shortest gospel. It's only 16 chapters, and he uses that word 41 times, and twice here in the passage I just read, immediately. So why is he doing that? You know, I have tried this tactic in my home, you know, bring me dinner immediately. <laughs> and it was not received very well. I would not suggest it. But what Mark is conveying here is the urgency of Jesus. Jesus has begun his ministry and he is now on a mission. And there is nothing that is going to deter him from his mission. That he is starting and it's going to finish in Jerusalem on the cross. And so Mark just wants us to make the point that it's urgent immediately, Jesus is a man of action. And you notice, as he was teaching, the people noticed there was something different about his teaching. You see, he was teaching as one who had authority. So all the prophets in the Old Testament, all the teachers that these people are used to hearing, usually whenever they're reading from Scripture or, and teaching, They would always say, thus says the Lord, or something to that effect. Jesus doesn't do that because he is God. He doesn't need to say, thus says the Lord. He has the authority to speak because he is God. And so while he's teaching in the synagogue on Sabbath, we're told, He's confronted with an individual who is possessed. And you notice the demon that was possessing this man knew who Jesus was. And was already scared of him. Because he knew the authority that Jesus had as the son of God. And what does Jesus say to this demon? Silence and get out of him. Is there any delay? No. The demon left immediately because Jesus has the authority. Which leads to point two. Jesus' authority came from the one where the buck stops. So why does the evil demon listen to Jesus? Because Jesus has the authority. Where does Jesus get this authority? from God the Father. Remember back just right before this in in the Gospels, Jesus was baptized. And the heavens opened up after he was baptized and the Father spoke and said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. You see, God is telling them that this is the one that Moses was talking about in Deuteronomy. This is the one you need to listen to. This is the one who has the authority. This is the one where the buck stops. Have you ever been so overwhelmed with the stuff of this life? Anybody felt that way before? Anybody feel even more overwhelmed with the fact that we haven't had sun in seems like forever? Wouldn't you just love to pass the buck on some of this stuff onto somebody else? Show of hands, anybody? Pass off the responsibility to somebody else? You see, we have a God who does not pass the buck back to us, even though we are the ones that have screwed everything up. But we have a God, we talked about this at Christmas, Emmanuel. We have a God who wants to be with us. But he hates sin. So there's a problem. But of course, the one where the buck stops took care of this problem by sending his son. Because he loves us so much, he sent his son into this world so that he could wear that crown of thorns and die on that cross. For us, for you. You know, this is significant because we have a God who would rather take all of his wrath out on his son for our sin than live in eternity without you. That's how much he loves you. Isn't that amazing? No other world religion has this. Every other world religion passes the buck back to the person. You have to do this, this, and this. Not our God. The buck stops there. Which leads to the third point here. Where Jesus is, there will be opposition. You notice Jesus is in the synagogue teaching the word. And this demon-possessed man, controlled by the demon, enters and interrupts the proceedings. You see, Satan wants to thwart and divert and distract wherever Jesus is. The same goes for us in our homes and here at Promise. The more we focus on Jesus, here and The more you focus on Jesus in your homes, as you continue to try to keep him number one, Satan's going to throw and divert and distract you from that. He wants you to focus on the stuff of this world, those things that are weighing us down so much. He wants us to focus on that. And that's why it's so important for us in our homes and here at Promise to continue to base everything on the Word. Amen? Because Satan can't stand against that. There's a book, um, The Screwtape Letters, who's heard of it? Written by C.S. Lewis in 1942. And this is a book, I highly recommend it, about a demon named Screwtape writing letters to his nephew, who is Wormwood. And he's telling Wormwood, who's just gotten a new patient, that's what it's called, that's a Christian, somebody he's trying to distract and thwart. Obviously this is fiction, but there's a lot we can learn here from this. Listen to just this, these few sentences here on how he's advising his young nephew, Wormwood, on how to distract this Christian. Prosperity knits a man to the world. He feels that he is finding his place in it, while really it is finding its place in him. His increasing reputation, his widening circle of acquaintances, his sense of importance the growing pressure of absorbing and agreeable work build up in him a sense of being really at home in earth, which is just what we want. You see his tricks? He wants us to be at home in this world, to focus on the things of this world. Where Jesus is, there will be opposition. You know, C.S. Lewis calls this, because Satan doesn't really care if you're a Christian. He wants you to be a Christian and. You get it? A Christian and this other thing. He wants you to push that down the list. He doesn't really care that you're Christian, just as long as you don't focus on that. Because there is so much going on in this world and life. It's easy, isn't it? It's hard to keep Jesus at the top of that to-do list. Does anybody else struggle with it or is it just me? It's tough. But that's what we are called to do. So not only did Jesus teach with authority and command demons what to do. He did something even far more greater than those things you see Jesus would not let Satan and his minions distract him from his mission and I love how I think it's in Luke how he puts it that at a certain point in Jesus's ministry he set his face like flint dead focus on Jerusalem because Jesus knew why he was there he knew what was coming and there was nothing that could distract him. And thanks be to God for that. Because if it was the buck was passed back to us, I don't know about you, but I would have screwed that mission up. But Jesus set his eyes like flint on Jerusalem. Because that's what he came to do to save you and me from our sins, from the devil, and from death. Which leads to the fourth and final point here this morning. Jesus didn't pass the buck, and he dealt a death blow to Satan on that cross. You know, the moment Jesus said the words, It is finished, as he was bleeding to death on the cross, it was finished. He wasn't talking about his life. He was talking about what needed to be done to save you from eternal hell and me. Jesus took care of it. Satan lost. Yes, he's still wreaking havoc, but he has lost. Jesus is already on the throne in heaven, reigning supreme. With all of his authority, we don't need to fret. Jesus has got you. You don't need to carry the buck. Don't let it weigh you down. Jesus has got this. You know, yet we will all die because of our sin. We all know that. But we have a hope that Satan, his minions, or anyone, nobody can take that away from us, ever. Wanted to close here with a passage. I've shared with people before that are struggling with the things of this world. It's Romans chapter eight that fits this all here very perfectly. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody! We don't need to carry the buck. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or anything that's going on in America or anything that's going on in your home? nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's pray.